0: Today on the show, we're talking about being in financial distress. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name is Courtney. I'm your host, and today we're recording episode two of the new year, 2019, and I'm joined with Trevor, my co-host, and today we're talking about his five signs of financial distress.
1: And these are five subtle signs of financial distress. I mean, you can, if somebody's in full-fledged financial freefall and you know on the edge of bankruptcy, you don't have to look too too hard to see the signs that this person's in financial distress. But you don't want to wait till then to figure it out. So the whole point of these five points is to know that you're moving in the wrong direction is really important. So these are the five subtle signs you might be moving in the direction of financial distress.
0: So Trevor, before we even dive into um, these five points, I have a couple of kind of introductory questions for you. So first of all, are, are you able to notice, I mean, we haven't talked about these five points, but when we do, are you able to notice these within yourself or as like a lot of things, is it easier for someone else to notice these points um, with, within you, as such as maybe a, a partner or a close friend?
1: So that's a great question. And I'm going to say the answer that's maybe. <laughs> and the reason I say that is we've talked before in this show where generally people aren't willing to share their their financial details with real close friends or family members, forget strangers. So a lot of times as an outsider you may not be aware of of these subtleties in someone who's even close to you uh, aside from a say a life partner, a brother, a parent, a a child, you wouldn't really know about these things because people generally don't want to share their financial details with the world. So So these are primarily designed to reflect on yourself and say, am I in financial distress or am I moving in the wrong direction? But if you are close enough to somebody who will share those details, then I think these could be applied to that as well.
0: And I like that you raise that point because, like we have said here on the podcast, and like you just mentioned, opening up and exposing the side of you is is very, very. It makes you vulnerable. And while you, you money is just money. At the same time, having financial means is is this this area of life which kind of gets a little bit a little bit funny because the those financial means are. The way that we can afford everything in our life, and 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 it really it's that's again that's why we have this podcast, just because it does play such an, a massive role on 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 our who we, I guess how we define ourselves in a way.
1: Well, it it, it shouldn't be how we define ourselves, but society does measure us financially, like our, our status, our, our our standing in society is often often measured in dollars and cents. You know, what do you do for a living? How much do you make? Uh, what are the status symbols you own in, in terms of cars and houses. So a lot of our, our our standing is incorrectly. I'm saying I disagree with this, but we are often, often measured in financial terms.
0: But in a sense, money is the means for us to, to not live, so to speak, on the streets.
1: But I think you can make a contribution to your community and it not be financial. You you can volunteer. You can participate and make a difference in your community, and have very little financial means. So I think it's a it's a horrible measuring stick. I I just think it's just a fact of of who we are. So if you want to change that, you can start with yourself by stop judging other people based on their financial means.
0: No, it's very very valid. So I I, I do want to I want to move along to kind of talking about how, what you this kind of an overarching definition of financial distress but before we do that do you have any platforms or maybe resources that any of our listeners who maybe feel they don't have someone to confide in could could reach out to to maybe anonymously or anonymously to to maybe really understand if they are in a place of financial distress
1: so everyone who listens to this knows i'm a huge fan of reddit it's r-e-d-d-i-t it's it's a user form and it is a fabulous resource reddit.com and in in reddit is if no one's ever been there these these things called subreddits and they're really just topics of of discussion within the whole site of reddit and one of the ones i frequent a lot and there's literally thousands of people that are waiting to answer your question or 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 coach you it's uh the subreddit's called personal finance canada and and there's another one called financial independence in there as well and there's another one called personal finance, not specific to Canada. It's just called personal finance. I've, I frequent those three quite often. So if you wanted to reach out for somebody and, and get someone's opinion or ask a question, you post a question there and you will get a response in, I'm talking minutes. There's p- people are just waiting. Every time I've asked a question, I've got, I'll say dozens of answers and they almost come instantly, like people are waiting for questions. So that is a great place to go if you have, if you need inspiration, if you have questions, and if your question's already been asked, type that into Reddit as well. Uh, Ask that question and there might be already somebody who's asked that question and there's already been thousands of responses to it.
0: And I think that being said, um, reaching out to a professional, um, whether that be a financial planner or financial advisor definitely is um, an admirable route as well. So Trevor, but we are going to dive into these these signs. So, I, I don't want to kind of give away too much about what financial distress is, but the word distress alone is, is, it sounds a little scary. So what would you kind of overarchingly describe as financial distress if you were to give it a definition?
1: I think the best way to describe it is you are getting closer and closer to the financial edge in your financial life. And the financial edge is where... You are are going to be struggling to meet your survival needs, M- meaning you you won't be able to make your mortgage payment. You won't be able to pay your rent. Uh, you buying paying your utilities may be something that comes in question. It, it's you possibly falling behind on your bills. So to me, that that once you fall behind on your bills, you are in financial distress. So it's approaching that line in the sand where you're getting really close to. To moving into financial distress, and the closer you get to it, it's it's not this on and off switch. As you move closer to the to the the cliff of the financial edge, uh, your life will start to get more and more stressful. So it's something that it ramps up as you get nearer and nearer to the edge.
0: So two kind of things to pull from this, and the first thing is you kind of describe these these very tangible um, things that happen when you're nearing financial distress. So when we talk about financial distress, we are not talking about kind of that, that feeling that you may get that, that kind of that scared that worriedness that when you're getting close, when, when, and I, I just say this because you kind of laid out some very objective things that, that happen. I mean, you can, you can tell, you can do that. You can do the math to know that you won't be able to pay your bills, but does financial distress, is this, Accompany the the kind of subjective feeling that you of scaredness or or panic that you may feel if your money is getting more tight.
1: Well, you you raise a good point. So, most people they are going to notice the symptoms of financial distress. Meaning, so uh, this whole episode is about looking at the causes of financial because the cause happens and then the symptoms appear. So, what's causing financial distress? You, you might be blind to or have your head in the sand and, and disregard the the causes that are taking place. And only when the symptoms show up, you know, bill collectors, uh, lights, you know, hydro gets turned off, eviction notice shows up in your mailbox. Those are the symptoms of financial distress. So I, I think people tend to get this. So to your point, I think you will find a physical evolution in yourself, meaning you will you will be stressed out and you will act in a stressed out manner because of the symptoms of financial distress.
0: So my, my final question before we do lead into these five subtle signs is that, and maybe our, our listeners even are wondering this right now, but you you have individuals who, who full on reach, um, unfortunately reach financial distress or actually enter that stage. What is the difference between an individual who is able to kind of see these signs by themselves. Maybe they are. Maybe they're able to kind of just um, gain inspiration through um, our podcasts or or watching videos or maybe just talking to others and learning about their situation. So maybe someone's able to kind of see the signs and change things for themselves. But what's the difference between someone who actually – maybe doesn't feel that those kind of the warning signs, the symptoms and actually get closer and closer to financial distress. What is the difference between these two people? And, and can we, I don't want to use the word blame, but can we, I, I, I mean, what, what goes on here?
1: Well, I think a lot of people, it's the, it's the people you surround yourself with who, who they're either there to support you or there to at some point, at some level exploit you. And if you have a, a group of people who who are either using you or your money or they're supporting you and coaching you, so it's really having a support system in place. I, I think that's the difference in terms of your, what makes people realize there's a problem and, and they don't.
0: No, that's a fantastic point because uh, like we always say, that really alters your what the norm is when we even and we maybe we could blame it not blame again it's a harsh word but maybe we could point to um society at at a whole and that we are becoming more okay and more tolerable with 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 debt so at a sense maybe being more okay with living on the financial edge could be due to just a society norm is is just shifting or changing
1: but when you say you're okay with it, that, that really speaks to the people you're surrounding yourself with, right? If you're surrounding yourself with people who are okay with debt, then chances are you're going to think it's okay as well. But if you're surrounding yourself with people who, who are trying to be financially responsible, then you will look financially irresponsible, irresponsible in that circle of people.
0: Very true. So you're right. It kind of always does go back to to who you surround yourself by, and uh, the we do have episodes a while ago. Maybe that's something we should even kind of do an update on. Trevor is uh, toxic relationships and toxic friendships, and and just all the kind of toxicity you can have in your life through the people who are in your life. So without further ado, I want to I do want to jump into your uh, your five points here. I've, I've obviously lots of questions about them, but. Um, your first points. You- I, I just
1: want to say before you jump into these, that these five are kind of, think of them as progressively getting worse. Okay. These are the signs. And as you, re- as you go through these signs, they're progressively getting worse. So if you miss the first one, you know, if, if, if you're oblivious to that, then the next one, hopefully it, be- it becomes visible and so on.
0: Okay. So on, on that note, so number one is you are spending money that is less than 30 days old. So of course, what what is what does that mean?
1: So this is, if, if you think of, and once you put your money in your bank account, it really is all in one pool. So it's kind of a- Yeah, that's uh, what I'm wondering. Yeah. So you're not really spending money that's, so the, you're in financial distress if you're spending money that's less than 30 days old. So your goal should be to only spend money that is at least 30 days old. And that's really a mindset that I'm going to be a month ahead on all my bills. And I, I'm going to be a month ahead on all my savings goals. So you you really have a cushion of 30 days of finance in your life. And I, th- I think this isn't something you strive for. This is a goal. I think this is a requirement. You should be spending not the money as you earn it, but you should be spending money that is at least 30 days old to keep yourself out of financial distress or far away from that edge I've been talking about.
0: So theoretically, if if I'm understanding this right, if if you're the paycheck or the amount I guess of money that may you earned in um we'll say December because we're in January now, should still theoretically that amount should still be in your bank account. So you should not it's kind of are you so it's almost like not living paycheck to paycheck.
1: Exactly. And that that so if you're if you have this cushion, you're just you know you you work with a lot of people they they know when payday is, right? They go today is payday, right? and 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 that is those are generally, I'm not saying across the board, but those are generally people that need that paycheck that day. and so the, that that's you know these people should be spending money that's thirty minutes old. <laughs> forget thirty days old. but uh, so you it, just say you're not spending money that's thirty days old. you should start moving toward that that direction you you should just say you get paid every two weeks, you should should be spending money that's at least 14 days old, right? You don't want to be spending that page, that, that when you get paid, that money should be irrelevant to you this week or next week,
0: so uh, this and inc- this is absolutely an incredible first point but if I'm a listener who's saying but Trevor this sounds so much easier said than done if I'm not currently doing that doing this and I know this probably isn't a a, a one a one line answer but what is my first step to doing that what would you advise that that I can check off that I that I'm accomplishing point number 1
1: Well you need to get into a place where you spend less than you earn as we talk all the time and that's the only way you can you can accomplish this and to get, you you may have to cut some uh, luxuries out of your life in the short term to get that 30-day buffer. And, And again, this is keeping you far away from that financial edge. This is excessive, an excessive means of keeping you out of financial distress. That's why it's point number one and not point number five. So this is something maybe not everyone would get to, but if you are Spending money that's less than 30 days old, it it might mean you're moving in the direction of financial distress. It doesn't mean you're in financial distress, but if you have practiced the, the habit of spending money that's more than 30 days old, and all of a sudden you're spending money that's 14 days old, that might mean you're moving toward financial distress.
0: So I really like kind of the visualization you can have of the 30 days old because you can picture a calendar in your head. You can look at a calendar. And I really also, uh, the example of um, knowing when payday is or isn't, that really resonates because um, I'm sure, like you said, I I myself and I'm sure a a lot of our listeners can have also maybe have people in their lives who who they've heard those words uttered from. And so even if maybe that's a, a starting goal is that, when, when, when your payday call does come around, um, maybe you're not saying those words to yourself. Maybe that's kind of the, the place to get to, in kind of a nice little simple marker. Well,
1: and I think you want you want to get to a place where you would go, oh yeah, today's payday. You know, it, it's just this, you didn't realize it was cause you're not following it that closely. It, it's an automatic thing. It gets put in your bank account and you get a pay stub dropped on your desk and you would say, Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. It's payday. That that's the kind of place I think you want to be.
0: No, I, I I love that as the first the first golden point. And um, so let's move up to like your second point here. And the second one is you have no saving goals. So I'm curious as why. Obviously, this is an important point, but I'm curious to see as to hear why this was second on your list.
1: Well, everybody should have savings goals in their financial plan in their financial budget. Everybody should have a savings goal because you're not buying things on credit. And if you're going to need a fridge, you're going to need a stove, you're going to need a car, you're going to need things in your life, these things that run your life. And you're not going to buy it with credit. That's not an option. So you need savings goals. And these savings goals are for future expenses. No one, no one and unknown future expenses. So if you don't have savings goals, just say you've moved to a place where you've your lifestyle is inflated and you're spending as much as you earn, then what's going to happen is something's going to come up, your fridge is going to stop working, your washer is going to stop working, some expense is going to creep into your life and it will consume any savings you did have and if you have no savings goals because there's no extra money to achieve savings goals, then you're only one Disaster away from the finance moving into the financial edge, meaning you're you all of a sudden you have expenses that you cannot pay for with cash, with money. You ha- you're you gonna have to use credit, so now you're all of a sudden you're moving closer and closer to that financial edge.
0: So, when I first read this point, um, and by the way, these points to anyone listening were kind of just plopped in my lap from Trevor. Um, and so at this point, when I first read it, I thought you meant more of uh, a discretionary saving goals. And for some reason, the, the the kind of the mandatory utilitarian expenses didn't pop into my head. So uh, how do we predict, how do we kind of get motivated for discretionary, uh, mandatory utilitarian, my fridge might break, but I, who really wants to save for that kind of goals?
1: Well, just think, this is kind of the way I'm looking at this is just say you you had this budget last year and it included saving 10% of your income for future unknown expenses. You just make a habit of saving 10%, not knowing what you'd use it for. Maybe you save 5% for discretionary and 5% for things you know are gonna break down, however you structure your budget. But just say uh, something happened in your life, say you you, you bought a new car and you now you have this bigger car payment and, and it's consumed up the remain the, what you would have had for savings goals that's an example where you've made a decision and it's moving you closer to potential financial distress so it it's it, this is really a sign that you've done you've made a decision in your life that that's not aligned with your long-term or short-term goals meaning you you no longer are able to save as you once you you've adjusted your financial life to cut out savings and that's an easy one to cut out right so Say you need a car and you, you went car shopping and you, you 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 got mesmerized by a shiny car and you bought a little more car than you could afford, but you you knew you knew you had this pad in your budget so you bought the car anyway, and so that's kind of how those things can evolve. So, I I just I think if you had savings goals and then all of a sudden you you just look up one day and you say, huh, I haven't I just realized we haven't been saving money for the last six months. That is a sign that you are are moving closer or in in the wrong direction you're moving toward financial distress
0: because if, if you're not thinking if you're not saving and thinking about it you won't have that that money to to pay the these bills that come up and and things that uh are are, are really essential to, to 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 living your day-to-day life so i like that point i like number two um, and again, this list uh will be available in the show notes as well so if you're if you're missing any of these points, just you can definitely refer back so the third point though is you are more more focused on where your money is coming from rather than where it is going so at this point it w- really it just i I'd like to know kind of what 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 you mean by this point
1: so this is again, these are getting progressively your your financial distress situations getting progressively worse. So this is where you're trying to crisis manage my, manage your finances. So you're 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 really focused on when your next paycheck is coming. Or just say you have a job where you work overtime, you're really focused on when you're going to get paid for that overtime. Or maybe you get a bonus, you're really focused on when's that bonus coming in. You you're gonna even asking the question at work: Do you know when we're going to get our bonuses? I hear a lot of people asking that question. Or overtime, you know, they'll and employees say, uh, you know. I'm expecting you know ten hours over overtime on this next check. You know that that is is people are are counting on that extra money to pay bills they've if, to pay things for the, they've already spent on that. That's what that how that that's how that translates to me. So they're they've already spent the money and they put it on their credit card. So they're they know where the money's going when they get it. It's going on their credit card, but they're 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 trying to time you know. I can spend this money cause I know I'm going to get a bonus and, and I'll be able to put it on to extinguish that debt. And they're, they're trying to ma- crisis manage their income. And that's where when people are so focused on where how much their next check is going to be or, or when that next bonus is coming in so they can manage their expenses, that that to me is a sign that y- you should really have managed your expenses, not your income. Right, the, uh, going back, if your money was thirty days old before you spent it, you would ev- this wouldn't even be entering into your mind. And Imagine this, the stress that adds to your life. Right, when you, it's not stressful enough to go out and earn the money. Now you got to also add some stress managing that money, managing when it comes in and timing it. You're looking at the calendar, saying, "Well, this bill is due on Friday, but I get paid on Thursday." You know that that's going to work out, right? And and that to me is. When you're starting to do that, manage the calendar and really look at when it's coming in and when, when that next bill's due, you are really getting dangerously close to financial distress.
0: You took the words right out of, my, out of my mouth when you when you when you mentioned focusing on the expense side of the equation rather than the income side of the equation, and we always always say that here on the podcast, and I, I think this point really captures that nicely. So I want to move on to the fourth point. And the fourth point is you are using some form of credit for paying for living expenses.
1: Yes. So this is, I'm going to say you are in financial distress at this point. So this is your survival expenses. Uh, Some of them are being paid for with, say, a credit card. So uh, just say you're going grocery shopping with a credit card, not to get points and not to get all the perks you get with a credit card, but because there's no cash in your bank account you know, that is to me that you, you are in a state of emergency. This is financial distress. You have crossed, you, you've crossed over that edge I keep talking about, and and you are in full-fledged financial distress. And this is where if, if, if you haven't woken up yet, I, I don't like your chances of coming out of this unscathed. So when I'm talking living expenses, so you can't pay your utility bill with a credit card but you could go get a cash advance on your credit card and pay your utility bill so you you given and then the other another one would be the overdraft on your checking account or a home equity line of credit if you're using any any form of credit to pay for your living expenses n- n- not your comforts of life the, you should never do that but if you have reached the point where you've m- mismanaged your money so much that you are paying for them with credit of any kind, then you are in full-fledged financial distress.
0: Oh, you can totally pay your utility bills with credit. You, the, you, you can yeah oh yeah definitely i mean i we we uh just for
1: the just for the <laughs> record my <laughs> so i, I don't want to come off like i don't have time, but my my wife uh does the bookkeeping he <laughs> in her house so if she were on here today she would say yeah you can yeah yeah
0: yeah no i i mean like correct me if i'm wrong actually i my uh, jace my partner he actually pays for the our hydro because it goes to him so I, I think you can i mean you can pay for uh internet that's definitely necessity you no know? but you can pay for internet um, if any, list, any, any other listeners probably shaking their head right now, because I may be wrong, but no, I'm pretty sure you can. And, and to your point there, Trevor, when that happens, you should be, yeah, you should be hitting your panic button, the emergency button. And, and at this point, uh, cutting out all the, the extras and, 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 and making sacrifices. And I do want, I want I meant to ask you this earlier on, but when you make sacrifices, you should be making them in financial when you're obviously in financial distress. But how, I mean, if I'm making a sacrifice, it's not going to feel fun. Do I, I'm obviously going to keep making that financial sacrifice because I don't want to be in financial distress. But should I be telling myself, oh, Courtney, this is just temporary until you get out of this financial distress? And then hopefully that become, integrates into a lifestyle. I mean, how do you, how do you broach that, the kind of sacrifice subject, making it kind of digestible?
1: Well, you know, the funny thing you, you said temporary, we, everything is temporary in the, in a long enough window of time, right? So temporary is relative. I'm going to say your financial life is fluid. It's constantly changing, constantly evolving. Different factors are coming in all the time. Uh, the problem is a lot of people think a situation is temporary, and they will continue to just say someone you have a a husband and wife, and one of them loses their job. A lot of times, nothing will change financially in their life, meaning none of their expenses will change, because this is a temporary setback. So I'm not going to cancel my cable and go through all the added costs of having it rehooked up. I'm not going to, um, you know, return that leased car or or sell my car because. I only have one income. This is temporary. And it, if we move into a recession and there's all the talk that we're going to, a lot of people will be in denial thinking that my job loss or my layoff is temporary. Well, I, 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 I use this all the time where I work. I say to everybody, we are all temporary. People come and go out here constantly. We are, our jobs are not I think the safest job is if you own your own business. And even that is, is vulnerable to, to economic conditions. So I, I think when you say, if you have to make a sacrifice, I say you have to make an adjustment in your life, given your financial means. And that adjustment will be in place until my financial means change. So I, 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 the problem, you can't look at it like a diet, where I'm going to do this until my bank account fills back up and then I'm going to go back and spend like I'm a madman and then drain my bank account. I think you need to make adjustments and, and be fluid, meaning I don't have this regimented life that, that cannot flex financially. In my budget, I have these flex accounts. Obviously, I, I need a roof over my head. I need food on my table. Everything else in my budget is flexible.
0: Wow. I I love that. And the term adjustment and fluid that really captures every how we should be thinking about anything, especially with 2019 and New Year's New Year's resolutions uh, running rampant. It, using the word adjustment in that it's definitely a m- so much more positive word than 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 sacrifice because you're right. Every life is just a, a massive game of, uh, of of adjustments.
1: And you know, we talked about this in a sh- in a show long ago about how to keep a flexible financial life and it it is by not getting locked into contracts and like if i signed up for an internet package and they begged me to sign up for two years and and it was a a slightly lower cost per month but i had to commit for two years i didn't i want that flexibility in my life i'm on my cell phone plan is month to month I don't lease a car. You know, when you lease a car, you're locked in for the length of the lease, and there's penalties. I, I, I have an incredible amount of flexibility in my financial life. There's, there's almost no contracts in my world, and and I've always resisted them whenever uh, the opportunity is there. And that's a way you you get a flexible financial life is no contract. You are month to month and everything. I have a gym membership. And that is month to month. I I could have got a year's worth, but I'm not interested in that. I need flexibility in my life.
0: I think that might be kind of the the, uh, massive tip of the episode because I know I've been burned by a multi, like a contract uh, gym style membership. Um, And it was interest. I lost interest as opposed to um, needing the the money that was spent there. But of course, spending um, money on something that, you know, is going to waste. It doesn't feel good as well. But I think that's. I think it, that is a genius way to be able to to reel in your discretionary expenses or or more mandatory mandatory expenses. Um, or correct me if I'm wrong, Trevor. Is it just your discretionary expenses then that are on um a more flex style?
1: Well, it, it depends on how people look at it. If you look at your car as as a a, a non discretionary expense, meaning you need it to get to work, you don't have access to public transit and you're locked into a, a three-year lease, then to me, that's a if that be, is a mandatory expense in your life, you are locked in, you, you can't get out of that. To me, that that to me should be flexible. And uh, I think I don't have a home phone, so having a, a cell phone plan for me is is, is a mandatory expense. I, I can't, I, I don't think I could function without the access to, to a phone, but I'm on month to month. So me and my wife, we both have a cell phone, if we went into financial distress, we would not have two. we each have a cell phone. We'd, we'd only have one cell phone. That's an example. But my, for instance, my car insurance, I pay for it. I have to, the smallest window I can pay for it is in six months. They give me the option. I can pay for it over the, a whole year with a very small discount because of that. But I could pay for it in six months window windows I, that I opt for that. So if I ever had to downgrade to one car, I could do that. And, and I, my insurance loss would be minimized. So I, I do it where, at wherever and whenever possible.
0: No, that's, I, I absolutely love it. Let's talk about the fifth point now. This is your final point in your five subtle signs that you're maybe in financial distress. And number five is you are paying interest on the credit used for living expenses.
1: So if it wasn't bad enough to, to use credit and, and then pay that credit off, to, to, for your living expenses now you're paying interest meaning you're making the minimum payments on that credit could you imagine the hole if you could visualize the hole you are digging J- just to sustain a life that you clearly cannot afford short term or long term it doesn't matter this 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 life i'm i've these this lifestyle i have in my expense buckets i don't have the income to support it and now i'm paying interest on money i'm borrowing to sustain it and a, a real common one. This is just a, a dumpster fire of a place, but is payday loans, and, and this is where this this is the 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 biggest hole you could ever put yourself in. Is if you use payday loans, the interest on those things is it, it, they should be illegal. And, oh, I agree. Yeah, and so that is a um, that would be the the utopia of if there is one of financial distress. So that as these got progressively worse, I use payday loans as the example. If you are if you are going there or even thinking about going for a payday loan, you need to stop and and, and just change your your you know just scorched earth, you know fix your financial life first.
0: So, Trevor, if if I'm if I'm facing, um, settle sign number five. What's what should I do? What what are what what levers should I pull? What are, what are the first things I I, sh- I should do?
1: Well, you know how I talk about my budget. I I, I use the term I, my my financial expenses are divided into survival expenses. These are the expenses that keep me off the streets, and then there's the comforts of life expenses. So, th- those are the I, I very broadly that's why I divide up my my financial life. So if if I'm in Distress number five, I have zero comforts of life. I am scorched earth. There is nothing. I'm not eating in restaurants. I I don't have a cable package. I I don't have Netflix. I I have lights on. That is it. You know, I, and I, there is, I, I, there's only one phone in my house in it. If I have a home phone, all the cell phones are, are done. You know, I'm, those, those plans are off And, and I'm just, Going uh, there's no gym membership. There is nothing. There's there's no entertainment of any kind. If I'm in distress of number five,
0: Trevor, that sounds really harsh. Is that is that really needed? Is that is is there anything else I could do?
1: Well, I couldn't imagine anything more severe than paying interest on loans to meet survival like, like living expenses. Like I can't buy groceries without borrowing money and paying interest on it. I can't make my rent without borrowing money and paying interest on it. I mean, that's not sustainable. That that ends in in bankruptcy. So you you need to act now, or it's, you're digging a hole that you'll never get out of.
0: And 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 when you say, I mean, no entertainment, kind of cancel cancel at everything. Again, this is this is just the adjustment that my life needs right now. This is this is what I have to pull up my socks and and and, and dig into. But just that doesn't mean that after I kind of get through the thick of this fire the, i can't make more adjustments and and slowly incorporate um small small windows of, of entertainment to to kind of fulfill my life enough uh, fulfill but bring back into my life after i'm through this uh this distress
1: well you know if you're in, dist- in in if you're paying interest on credit to for living expenses chances are the fix the fix for this problem is super obvious not easy but obvious you, you're you're living in a house you can't afford and you're driving a, a car you can't afford. I mean, you, quite often you fix those two things and you fix 50% of your problem, if not more. So this isn't, you know, combing through your, your bank statements and credit card statements looking for, you know, the little things that you can, little adjustments you make. This, this generally requires big adjustments where you live and what you drive.
0: But Trevor, I'm, I'm afraid my coworkers, my friends, my family will, will think poorly or negatively of, the, of these big dramatic life changes.
1: Well, what would they think when, when you're declaring bankruptcy and you, you have to get a co-signer to get uh, utilities at your, your next apartment?
0: True. Yeah. So,
1: so if you're afraid of being judged now, uh, the future judgment would only be worse.
0: And I, I think to add to that, to, to my my listener question there, that, I mean, the people around you, I mean, because we're not very open about our finances, they may be nearing financial distress themselves, but not giving off the, uh, the the obvious, the warning signs as like yourself. So I think that that person living that unrealistic lifestyle that either you perceive as unrealistic, maybe it's not realistic.
1: Well, you know, the thing with coworkers is a lot of times you're so busy at work work actually represents a distraction from your your financial troubles right so sometimes you're at work and you don't have time to think about those bills that are piling up in your kitchen table that you're afraid to open because you're so caught up in work so uh, your coworkers, who you chances are spend the most time with might not even be aware of it because when you're working your mind is somewhere else and you might actually welcome work as a distraction
0: oh for sure definitely so, Trevor, in reviewing these five, I mean, it's this is a very uh, honest question, but have you yourself been been close to to even nearing point number one? Is this something you've undergone, or have you kind of seen the warning signs um, earlier before this has ever happened?
1: Yes, I, I've definitely experienced uh, number one. So, I, I, I've been in a position where I'm spending money that's less than thirty days old. That that's for sure. Uh, I have had points in my life where I've not had any savings goals, meaning just my financial life evolved, and and I let it get away from me a little bit, and I, I realized I had no savings goals. I had savings, but I wasn't adding to that those savings. So I've been I've been to that point, and that was an eye opener for me. I realized that all the money coming in was going out, and that that was a disturbing position for me personally to be in and I didn't like it.
0: So uh, the, this, the the symptoms of financial distress resonated with you enough to, to kind of make, make those changes.
1: And it really was me and my wife together. We, you know, we, we had the realization that, that this is moving in the wrong direction and we need to make a change. You know, what, whatever we're doing is not sustainable. And it really took the both of us to, to realize that I, I think you need a, a really strong partner or support system to, you know, to bounce this off, you know, this isn't making sense anymore. You know, we need to change something and change is never easy, right? You know, nobody wants to change. And the the little things in your life, they evolve and, and creep in slowly. And then to get them out, it generally requires a big adjustment, right? So the little expenses will drift in and drift in. Maybe if you're, if you have a young family and as they get older, they tend to get more expensive. Kids do. And, and before you know it, your, your, your financial life is, is growing into something you weren't anticipating. And then all of a sudden it's going to require this big adjustment uh, to, to get some things out. And that can be uncomfortable. And it's, it takes a lot of looking in the mirror sometimes to come to that conclusion.
0: So first of all, I absolutely love, um, your your i don't know honesty in 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 kind of disclosing that you have been um kind of down this list a little bit because it it brings a lot of um I don't maybe humanness to to how easily um, you, Mister Personal Finance, can even slip into. I mean, this has been earlier in your life. I'm assuming, um, can can kind of reach the finance the kind of the initial signs of financial distress, but also um, how you can make those changes necessary changes and now you're going to be uh, semi-retiring at 55 so that again is is very encouraging that uh, just because you are kind of going down this list that it's it's never kind of too late to kind of, to change that mentality and change your your habits and the way you spend money so uh, on that note i that definitely that brings us to the end of this list um if uh, five subtle signs and to any of our listeners if there's if there's any thoughts that you'd like to add in about this list or or maybe your journey of that, or symptoms that you've experienced of financial stress or anything about this episode, definitely share that with us. Um, Trevor, before we do on the show, do you have any final thoughts, takeaways or, or tips to leave our listeners with? I
1: think the main key if you can have, if you can incorporate as much financial flexibility into your financial life as possible. If financial stress is creeping in, that is the best tool to get out.
0: And on that note, thank you so much for joining us. this episode on signs of financial distress and uh, the five subtle signs that you may be approaching financial distress. We can't wait to have you back with us next week with a brand new episode. Until then, keep it simple.